Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. I don't know where you're at with God this morning. I don't know what you've been battling with all week, this, and, he, and he brought it in here. I don't, I don't know where you're at. I don't know how your heart is settled. I don't know what's going on in your mind, but I know for a lot of us, our minds are unsettled. For a lot of us, there's a war going on in our minds. The thoughts we think, the things that enter in, the words we hear, things we say. Let me grab one of these real quick. Oh, thanks. The things that we we say to ourselves, it's a battle in our mind. And in our hearts, in our soul, deep within us, there's a struggle, there's a fight. Thank you so much. God bless you. There's a fight in our hearts and in our souls, and, and we're not settled. We can never settle down. We don't feel at peace. There's, it's like, it's like a shifting sea. It's like a roaring ocean. And, and in our hearts, we're just embattled. And we never think there's going to be peace. And, and I don't know, maybe that's you today. Maybe you've come in here and you, you're just seeking peace and you can't find peace. And I want you to know that peace is available to you. Yes. That peace is available to you because God has provided his peace for you. I want to open with a passage that Jesus says, it's out of Matthew, or actually out of John 14. And he says this, I'm leaving you with a gift. I'm leaving you with something that you can take home. I'm leaving you with something that's going to matter. He says, I'm giving you a gift, a gift of peace. Not just any peace, but of mind and heart. And he goes, I'm giving this peace, and the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So do not be troubled or afraid. Are you troubled today? Are you afraid today? Do you have peace in your mind? Do you have peace in your heart? Jesus has given us this peace. This is a promise. We sing that song, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King, Peace on Earth, Mercy Mild. Well, Lord, where is our peace on earth? I don't know about you, but I turn on the news and there is a whole lot less peace going on than we, than we like. It's like, where's the new war today, God? Where's the new fight? What's the bad news? What's going on in my neighborhood? What's going on in our schools? There, there's lack of peace everywhere we go. But I'm telling you, God says this. Jesus says this to you today. I'm giving you a peace that's not like the world's peace. I'm giving you a peace that doesn't come from external experiences or external things. I'm giving you peace of mind and peace of heart. I'm giving you a peace in your thought life, and I'm giving you a peace deep within your soul. I'm giving you a peace that the world cannot give you. 
And too many of us are looking for peace on the outside. We're looking for peace from this world. Me and my wife, last month in November, we got to go on a cruise, a minister's cruise. And you think that sounds wonderful, but I was pretty exhausted. I was pretty tired and I just wanted somewhere to decompress. I needed somewhere to go and find some relaxation and some peace. You ever been there? And it went in this cruise ship and I thought, man, it's going to be awesome. I'm going to be in the middle of nowhere. My phone's not going to get any service. Praise God, nobody can call me. <laughs> and as I was walking on that ship, it was just a party scene all day long. And everywhere I went was loud and there was music and there was no place to rest and no place to find peace. And, and then I found this secret place called the Serenity Deck. It was on deck 14. And I'm like, that sounds wonderful. <laughs> Serenity Deck. That's where I want to be. It promised there would be no kids on Serenity Deck. <laughs> and I'm like, that sounds wonderful. And so I grabbed my book and I walked up to Serenity Deck, and as I got up there, the music was getting louder. And I'm like, this doesn't sound serene. And as I get up there, there's probably 20 or 30 young, everybody's young to me now, younger people, and they're drinking, they're having a good time, they're being loud, and they're, you know, they're dancing a little bit, and I'm like, Lord, there is no serenity on the Serenity Deck. There is no peace. And as I walked around, there was no spots to sit. And, and Lord, I just like, I just want some peace. I just want a quiet place. I, I want somewhere for my soul to settle. And, and so I went back to my room and I finally found some peace there because there was no people there. But some of us are like this. We're, we're, we're looking for serenity. We're going to places and we're going to things, trying to find our peace and we can't find our peace. And I, and I want to tell you today that Jesus says right here that his peace is not found in these things. His peace is only found in him because he's giving you peace. And it's a gift. We celebrate Christ. We celebrate Christmas, this great gift of peace that was given to us in the form of a baby, in the form of Jesus Christ. In fact, Isaiah 9, 6 through 7, I'm skipping a whole lot of this, Cecilia, so we're going to Isaiah 9, 6. It says this, for to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. It's a peace that's never going to end. And he will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor, David, for all eternity. It's an everlasting peace. It's a peace that will never end. And it says this is going to happen because the passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. So why do we do? What do we do while we're waiting for this peace on earth that was promised in Isaiah 9? Because here it says... He's going to come, he's going to rule, he's going to take over, and for eternity there's going to be peace. But right now, here we are stuck in the middle. And we're saying, Lord, where is this peace on earth? Where is this eternal peace? God, I need peace. Why is there wars? Why are these things happening? Why do I wake up and I'm fearful because I don't know what my kids are going to experience in school today? Where is the peace that you promised? 
And today I want to hopefully answer some of those questions because today we, we ask the question, Lord, what do we do while we're waiting for peace on earth? And this is why Jesus told his disciples as he was going to be killed on the cross and he's, he's leaving them this reminder. He's telling, I'm giving you my spirit. I'm giving you something. I'm giving you a gift of peace and this peace cannot be taken away. The peace that I want to give to you is not an external peace, but an internal peace. A peace of mind and a peace of soul that no matter what's going on on the outside, you can have peace on the inside. And rest assured, there will be a day where there will be peace on the outside as well. Because he is coming back. But until that day, he has given us peace. And here's how I know he's been given us peace. Because unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. See, God sent Jesus as a peace offering. The war between man, humanity has been raging for thousands of years. And ever since the fall of Adam, the man has been raging this war against God, trying to be right with God, trying to do all the right things. But yet God was saying, that's not enough because you're never going to be good enough. You've been infected by sin and sin is always waging war against you. And he's always, the sin is waging war against me, but I'm going to fix it. And you don't have to do anything. You just have to sit back and watch me work and enter into Jesus. This baby that we find in Christmas on a manger, in a manger, this baby that, that came to save us and save humanity. Some of us need peace. And the only way you're ever going to find peace of mind and heart is knowing that the war is over that you are right with God, that, that he has signed the peace treaty in blood, and Christ is that peace treaty. Isaiah 4, we read earlier this, Isaiah 9, 4. This is a whole prophecy of Christ. And in Isaiah 9, 4, it says, you will enlarge the nation of Israel and it will rejoice. When Christ came, the church has been, his territory has been enlarged. Israel has been enlarged. The nations have been enlarged. We've all come to Christ and they will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. When Jesus walked this earth, he said these words, take my yoke upon you. It is easy, it is light, and it is not a burden. Jesus fulfilled Isaiah 9. He's saying, I'm coming to give you peace. I'm coming to break the yoke of slavery upon you. I'm coming to take the heavy burden off of you. I'm coming to give you new life. Then it says he will break the oppressor's rod just as he did when he destroyed the army of Midian. You know your history and you can go back and read that. And the boots of the warrior and the uniforms bloodstained by war will be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. He's saying the war is over. There's no reason to fight anymore. There's no reason to go to try to, to, to bleed anymore. God has bled for you. 
Christ has bled for you. He is the one that makes us right. He is the one that's giving us peace. This is why Jesus came. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward man. Jesus came to give us peace by his sacrifice and by his life. If you want true peace, you want Jesus in your life. Because when you have Jesus, you have true peace. There's a beautiful passage of scripture in Romans. The writer of Romans is writing to the church and he's reminding them all of that Jesus has done. And, he's, and if you really look at this passage, you will see just that Christ has saved us. You're, you're seeing it here that not only has he saved us, he's giving us a right to something. That, that not only has the war been canceled, not only has he, uh, has he signed the peace treaty, but something else has happened as well. And so as we read this together, I want to break this down to you because this really, if you read it in its context, is the story of Christmas. It's the story of why he came. We like to celebrate Jesus in a manger. We like to celebrate all the beauty and the pageantry and the lights. But the lights are just symbolic of what happened. In Isaiah 9, you go back again and it says, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. All the things we do in Christmas reflect Christ, reflect that the war is over, reflect that we have peace. Peace, not that the world gives, but a peace of mind and a peace of heart. Our thoughts can be centered on Christ and our heart can understand that we are right with him and we don't have to fear anything. So I want to open this passage to you. I don't want to break it down for you because I think there's several people in here today that as I read this passage and, and God opens it up to you, that it's going to make a huge mark in your life. Because you believe the war is over. And you maybe have accepted Jesus in your life. But you haven't accepted the gift that he gave. The gift was, yes, peace. Yes, peace from, with God. But with that gift came many other things. And when you understand who you are in Christ, then you can accept the gift in a more free way. And you can stop fighting the war. Romans 1.8 says this, and this is important, and this is for somebody today. So now, so now, why now? Because of what Christ has done, because he's come, he's lived the perfect life, he died a death that we deserved, he was risen from the dead, our, our, our wage, the wages are paid, the, the peace treaty is signed, and now this is what happens. There is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. No condemnation. Do you condemn yourself? Do you look in the mirror and all you see is your sin? Do you look in the mirror and all you see is your shortcomings and your failures and how many times you haven't added up to God? Do you, do you look in the mirror Do you, all you see is condemnation? Is that all you hear in your mind is condemnation? You're not good enough. God doesn't love you. God doesn't care about you. You're too far gone. That his sacrifice wasn't enough for you. Is that all you hear in your mind? Is that the battle that's going on in your mind? Is that the war that's waging in your mind? I want to let you know that if you're in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. 
The slate is clean. There is no ledger. <laughs> the, the bill has been paid. And he's saying, now the war is over. You can walk in peace. And then he goes, because you belong to Christ. The power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. What's been causing the war the whole time? It's the sin in us. But now that Christ has paid the price, we have the spirit in us. And the spirit in us has broken that and freed us from the power that led us into that war in the first place. Because the law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. What was the law of Moses? Just do right, be right, try to do all the right things, try to add up to God. But none of that worked. Why did God give Moses the law? To show people that they can't be right, that they need a savior. And too many of us are trying to be right with God, but you can't be right with God. Only Jesus makes you right with God. And so it breaks it down here. So, so what do we do? <laughs> if, if the law is unable to save us because of weakness and of our sinful nature, so God did what the law could not do. Here's the Christmas story. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in the body and in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. Why did Christ come as a baby? He had to experience all the things we experience. He had to go through all the things we go through. God familiarized himself with us. God experienced all the things we experience, all the temptations, all the desires, all the pain, all the heartache, all the rejection, everything that we deal with, Christ dealt with. This is why he had to come the way he did, because any other sacrifice wouldn't be enough. And not only that, Jesus led the perfect life. It says he never sinned, even though he was tempted in every way. He lived the perfect life so he could be the perfect sacrifice. And you're like, well, he was God. Yeah, but he was also man. I think that's why we love Christmas so much. Like Easter, it's all about his divinity. It's all about him being resurrected. It's all, about, it's all about his divinity. It's all about him being God. But Christmas brings us back to the reality that he was also man. And that in his flesh, he felt every pain we feel. He felt every war in his mind and in his heart that we feel. He knows what we go through. He gets us like the commercials. He does get us. That's what's beautiful. And because of that, he's given us his spirit, so we're no longer controlled by that nature. But instead, we follow another nature, the spirit of God in us. So not only is the war over, but he's also given us this gift of the spirit. And the gift of the spirit resides in us and gives us power to overcome. And then he goes on to continue in verse five. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature, think only about sinful things. This is the war in the mind. I want to do right. I want to think right. I want to do all the right things because your mind is dominated by sin. You're always thinking about how you can not sin. That's a, that's a mind dominated by sin. 
But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So you're no longer thinking about, man, I hope I don't sin. I hope this isn't sin. I hope I don't do this and I sinned. It's, it's Lord, how do I please you? How do I follow you? What, how do I think your thoughts, God? How do I know your ways? And so he's given us a spirit so we can have the mind of Christ. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. Jesus said, I come to give you peace of mind and peace of heart. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never obeyed God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. You're still waging the war. Some of you have given your life to Christ and you're still waging the war. Like he stopped firing the shots, but you're still firing missiles in the night. You're still, you're still building up barricades. You're still fighting a fight that's already been won. And you have no peace in your heart. You have no peace in your mind because you're still at war. And I want to tell you now, the best thing you can do in your life is lay down your arms, tear down your walls, and let the king enter into your life. You're not controlled by your sinful nature. You're controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. That's a hard question to ask ourselves. If I'm not being controlled by the Spirit, do I even have the Spirit of God in me? And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to Him at all. Huh. That's for you to figure out. And Christ lives within you. So even though your, your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. See, when, when Christ came and gave us this peace, he gave us his Spirit to give us peace of mind, and he gave us a Spirit to give us peace of heart because the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. Where does my peace of heart come from? Knowing I'm right with God. Knowing I'm right with God. If I know I'm right with God, what else is going to shake me? Man, the world can blow up. I don't care. The world can burn. It doesn't matter. I know where my eternity is. I know where I belong. I know where I'm going. I know there's something greater than this life. Why would I chase after things of this life? Why would I let circumstances and why would I let drought and why would I let financial problems shake me? Because I know that's not what this world is about. The Spirit gives you life because you've been raised right. And the Spirit of God who raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Same Spirit raised Christ from the dead lives in you. So we know that we will be raised. This is what he's saying. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give you life. He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same spirit living within you. This is the hope of the resurrection. Not only did Christ sign the peace treaty, but he's also made a promise that we will raise to life again. And we have a couple baptisms coming up next week. And it's, it's a powerful statement. 
but it's more than a statement. It's an activation of faith, but it's more than an activation of faith. There's something spiritual that happens when someone immerses themselves in water and comes up. There's something more powerful than just getting dunked. There's something more powerful than just getting wet. There's, some, there's an exchange that happens. It's that in that moment, that person saying, Lord, from now on, I'm dead to the, I'm living out Romans 8. I am dead to the old life. I am new. I am raised up to the new life. I'm going to walk with faith with Christ Jesus forever. I have peace of mind. I have peace of heart because I know the war is over. And I have newness of life. It's symbolic, but it's so deeper than that. And so if you haven't been baptized, I'm just going to tell you what's keeping you. Look, we used to schedule these things out like every month, but we thought about it and it's like, why would we keep people from getting baptized? And so now we just have open baptisms. And so, yeah, I mean, if you want to get baptized, we'll fill that tank up anytime. But we want to know about it, so please register for it (laughs) so we can at least get it warm for you. We can take you outside right now, but it's pretty chilly. But don't let anything stop you. Therefore, here's the beauty. Dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation. None. No obligation. You don't have to do what the sinful nature urges you to do. Like, what? <coughs> I don't have to do what the, the sin nature tells me to do? No, you don't. It says right here. If it's in the Word, then... It's got to have some truth to it. It's hard, but you don't have to. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. So he's saying, look, this is why you don't have to do it, because you have power over it. The Spirit in you. This is what, this is like what Christ has done in you. He's put his Spirit in you. This is the Christian life. Living out what the Spirit is in you. And this is what it looks like. You're putting to death all the things of the sin nature. And it's a process. You have to put it to death. You have to get rid of it. You have to bury it. And you have power to do that through the Spirit. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are what? Children of God. Here's something else. Here's a gift on top of the gift on top of the gift on top of the gift. It's the gift that keeps giving. Not only is the war over, not only do I have his spirit, but now I'm adopted into his family. Like, there's no lines to be drawn. When two countries stop fighting, they usually like put up a fence and say, don't cross my fence. But when the war is over between God and humanity, this is what he does. He says, come into my kingdom. And not only just come in to be a slave, that's not what he's saying. He's saying, don't come in a slave, come in as a son. Come in as a daughter. Come in as a child. This is beautiful. For all who are led by the Spirit are children of God. So you have not received the Spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Again, Peace treaty signed. You're not slaves in the kingdom. You're sons in the kingdom. Stop acting like slaves. 
Stop groveling. Stop being fearful. Just trust in Jesus. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you in as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. This, this, I know people get mad about this. I hear it on social media all the time. It's like, don't say daddy, God, that's weird. But that's what this is saying. Abba Father is Daddy God. It's saying, God, you are my father. You're not just, in, you're, just not the, you're just not my father like anybody can be a father. But it takes really somebody special to be a dad. This means he's intimate with you. He's in your life. He, he, God doesn't have illegitimate children. Maybe you feel like you're an illegitimate child of God. There is no inheritance for you. There is nothing for you, but God says, I don't have illegitimate children. I have true sons and true daughters. So now we call him Abba Father or Father Father. For his spirit, his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. It's that inner peace. You know how many times I've tried to leave God? I have doubted his goodness, I've doubted his mercy. I'm like, God, this is too hard. Can I just quit? Can I just live like everybody else? They seem to be doing okay. Can I not serve you? Every time I try to walk away, there's something inside of me that pulls me back. And that's his spirit. There's something about the believer. You cannot walk away because there's always something in there pulling you back because you've tasted his goodness. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. What? So not only were we just kids, but we're heirs to the kingdom. This is, this is amazing. This is the best gift ever. It's like, man, I get all this. If I sign the peace treaty, I, I, I get all this. If I just accept Jesus, it's, it's, it's so much better. It says, not only are you in my kingdom, you get to share in my kingdom. Everything I have is yours, your heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are his heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, uh-oh, here's the other part of the gift we don't like. We must also share his suffering. And this is where it's hard for us, especially on this earth, because we want peace on the outside. And we think that peace on the outside gives us peace on the inside. But as we know, that peace on the outside doesn't give us peace on the inside. I can be in the most serene place on the planet and still be in turmoil in my mind and in my heart. But likewise, I can be on the serenity deck <laughs> with 50 rowdy young adults getting wasted and have peace in my soul because I have Jesus in my heart. And when it comes to suffering and pain in our life, you can have peace in every storm. Look, I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know the pain that you're dealing with. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what, what kind of turmoil is going on in your mind and your heart today. But God does. And he's simply saying, just come to me. Let me 
be your peace. Let me give you peace, a peace the world cannot give. If I can get Christian and the altar team to come up, I want to give you something the world cannot give. That's my peace. This is why we celebrate Christmas. This is the Christmas story. It's more than Mary and the angels and shepherds. It's more than wise men. It's more than lights and presents. There's a deeper thing happening. That unto us a child is given. Unto us a son, unto us a son is given. Unto us a child is born. Unto you. The peace offering is there. All you have to do is accept it. Would you stand with me? Father God, I pray for these people today. Thank you, God, that the war is over. Thank you, God, that you have burned the boots, you've burned the blood-stained clothes. God, that you have tossed in the towel and you say the war is over. I want peace with my people. And you sent your son as that peace offering and that he was the one that represented us. He paid our price. He took our beating. He took our pain. He went through everything we go through, yet he still did not sin. And he allowed man to put him on a cross. And he died for us. He died for you. He died for me. And because of that, we are redeemed. We are bought. We are paid for. Our peace was upon him. It was the chastisement for our peace that was upon him. So, Father, thank you for your peace. Thank you for the Prince of Peace. And, Lord, while we wait for you to return, while we wait for peace on earth, Lord, let there be peace in our hearts. Let there be peace in our minds. And let us always be reminded, God, of the great inheritance that we have. And when the enemy comes in like a flood and, 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 and just floods our mind with things that aren't true, floods our minds with the what ifs and the not good enoughs and, and, the, and the things that we deal with, God, that your word would be louder. That when our hearts are full of anxiety, that when our hearts want to give up, that we remember that we are right with you. And what on earth can replace that? We thank you for your gift. We thank you for this present. We thank you, Lord. And we rejoice just like the angels, Lord. Glory to the newborn King. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So I want to give an opportunity today. Man, if today you want to say the war's over, I'm tired of fighting. I'm tired of this, this war in my mind. I'm tired of this war in my heart. And I want to accept Jesus. I want to accept, maybe you've, maybe you've said the prayer, maybe you've said you've accepted him, but there's still a war raging. Why is that? Because you haven't surrendered, not fully. 
And with Christ, it's a daily surrender. Every day I have to wake up and say, okay, God, it's your way, not mine. Every day I'm putting to death the sinful nature. Every today I'm laying down my desires for his. And it's difficult right now. It's difficult. But God, it's your way. It's your people. These are your beloveds. You love them, God. And you see them, you see the hurt in their heart. And yet you took them to this moment and this place to tell them that the war is over. Thank you, God, for that. So if you want to give your life to Jesus, I'm going to challenge you to come up. If you need prayer for anything, come up, man. If you, if you need peace of mind or peace of heart, come up. Let this altar team pray with you. Christian's going to lead us in a song. And for the rest of you, I just, I just pray that as we sing this song, that it gets in your heart and you just remember all that Christ has done in you. That the Christmas story is our story. It's his story, but it's for us. Because Jesus has come, the Prince of Peace. Amen.